What's up and what's happening? Welcome back to the Card Cast. This is a partnership between Dan Serbia from Serbia Sports Cards and Jason Vastine, otherwise known as the Card Table. We're here to talk about everything about cards, literally everything. We're super glad you uh, joined us for this and just look forward to hanging out with you guys every single week. So buckle up, let's get rolling. All right, partner. Keep on rolling, baby. You know what time it is. What you uh what you been buying, man? Whew, all over the place. Yeah. Um Yeah. Yeah, I picked up uh some Griffies, obviously. Um, is that a, that's a weekly thing, Griffey? Yeah, all day, yeah, every day. Pretty much. <laughs> to given at this point, um, yeah, I got a new uh, one of the minor leagues. I don't have uh, the '88. Uh, I think it's a pro cards, but there it's every one I've found is off center. Every one, um, but I got an, a nine before prices go up too much. Um, then the uh, non-sport stuff, a lot of that stuff, just been digging around. It's been a wild ride. <laughs> the, the the stuff, the sets that I didn't know existed, it's crazy. Yeah, what like so you went down a a deep rabbit hole of non-sports. What um, I I suppose that just feeds one into the other, right? Like you said, uh, Adam Sandler rookie that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, the ninety-two. Saturday Night Live. I don't know. I didn't see who made it. Might might even be an an Impel set because huh. it's you know you kind of design is that. Um, one hundred and fifty cards, and I would imagine it's like Mike Myers' first card is in there. Sure. Uh, uh, Chris Rock, Chris Farley. Ooh. Um, Ooh. Yeah. 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 Um, so that was a that was a fun set. Um, I didn't know. Um, I don't know if you remember, 99, Austin Powers came out with like a, a card game set, kind of like, you know, Pokemon or no. Harry Potter. They did. Um, but um, in the first Austin Powers, uh, small role, uh, Will Ferrell, you remember that? Yeah. Um, I don't even remember what he says when he was burning in the, in the pit. Um, not dead. Badly burnt. Send help. <laughs> yeah but I, f- I found that and you can buy a box of those i, I bought two boxes uh, <laughs> seven dollars a box okay it, okay it's yeah, fun 35 packs it'll be something fun to open i, I couldn't say no uh, <laughs> yeah I, I thought that was cool to have a wolf barrel plus i have like i already have the uh, when he threw out the first pitch tops came out with a an insert yeah. set for that uh, for every team. Well, he played every position. Yeah, that's what I was going to mention or bring up was they he did like the minor league tour, right? Yeah, yeah. It was like that a is a really cool. Like I want that Cubs card <laughs> of him uh, playing with, but it, he did it with like what nine teams? Yeah, I think it was one. I think he played every position. And I think he might have been the first person to do that. I think that might have been part of the reason why he did it. I think I think the main reason why it was made was because they wanted to do an HBO special. 
Um, <laughs> that was, it was interesting. Um, that's cool. Yeah, it was pretty funny. But, um, so, you know, just adding stuff like that, that I can put on my shelf. Um, and then I thought like, what else? And like, if you see, uh, Gary V is always talking about, you know, the non-sports stuff and whatnot. Absolutely. Always posting that, um, I don't even, who, who is the, the Aretha Franklin or, uh, like Ella Fitzgerald, some, somebody, he has that old, old leaf card, I think it is. Um, but I was thinking, you know, like legendary singers from way back when, and I thought yeah. Frank Sinatra, um, found out he was in like a, a card. It was like a, a game where you had to, I guess, um, guess what the autograph was. And it would give you like clues. Interesting. Um, but he, it's 1945 and L-E-I-S-T-E-R, I guess Leicester. Leicester, okay. Um, but when I found that, I looked into it and <laughs> the amount of people that's on that checklist, like there's a, a Babe Ruth in the set, there's a Lou Gehrig. Yeah. Um, and then there's a whole bunch of um, guys that don't really have a lot of cards, like uh, uh, who the hell Red Grange um, and uh, Newt Rotney has a card in there. Yeah. Interesting. So, and these are like facsimile autographs. I'm, they're not right, like real. Right. But they're, they're, okay. they're bold. I mean, they look like they're, they're actually autographed. I mean, obviously they're not. Cool. But they would display very well. You know what I mean? Especially in a slab. And then I found out that, that PSA and SPC both do, in fact, slab them. And okay. they're kind of, they look like they would be a relatively easy grade you know i mean like they're like they have rounded corners already uh, <laughs> that helps yeah <laughs> order so that you can't really see if they're you know off center or anything like that so that was very interesting but um like psa 7 uh ruth and dimaggio were selling for like 100 to 150 dollars a piece which i was right. i thought that was pretty surprising like I, I figured they would go for more but then again, I never even heard of this set until until recently. But just the fact that like you can have a Babe Ruth quote unquote card for you know 150, 200 bucks in pretty high grade. Is, 45, right? Too. Yeah. Yeah, 1995. yeah. Yeah. So very cool. That's fun stuff. Yeah. Non-sports in general, like you're saying, Gary Vee is always talking about it. Um, you know, there's there's just a ton of uh fandom there i saw something this week that blew my mind and that was a khaleesi autograph from game of thrones right. and it was like a nine and a half and it went for 75 grand what yeah yeah and like game of thrones cards first of all okay um and it's so, just recently just recently yeah it's, and star wars no, is like, the other one too or like some of that early star wars stuff is so so cool looking like all the 1977 stuff. Um, there was like a wonder bread set. There was a general Mills set. Those might be cooler than the, the blue sear top series one of 1977 star Wars. But that's, I've been looking at some of that stuff lately too. Like the same year? 77 for those, uh, off, off brand stuff. Yeah. 77, like the 77 wonder bread set is like all black bordered, brutal but super nice looking um crisp images of like all the big stars there's only like 16 cards 16 or 19 cards in that set fascinating nice nice looking stuff 
or price um, You know, I swung and missed on like a full set of near mint. And I was so mad at myself because it was an auction starting at 75 bucks and there was a buy it now for 150. And I was like, Ooh, that seems like a really good deal under 10 bucks a card. And like, I checked them out. I was looking at all the photos and like, okay, yeah, this is like legit near mint. And uh, by the time I went back to it, they'd taken the buy it now down and left it straight up auction. And then um, I-, I think it closed out at like 331 or something like that. Um, but those of those, like you said, graded sets are kind of hitting the market right now. And so those are kind of driving the price up of the non-graded versions as well. So that's the yeah. thing that's appealing about that stuff to me is the fact that you see what this low pop stuff is doing, like the Impel Marvel set. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of this stuff, like the one set I found is a 2003 uh, Top Trump's Smash Hits. It's like a, a card <laughs> game. Again, like most of this uh, non-sport card game, okay. is, is from a different country. Like, I don't know what country mm-hmm. this set is from, but it's, it's definitely not from here. Yeah, but it you know it's whatever. However you play, I don't know what the rules are or anything. But uh, I think there's 25 cards in the set. But it's like you know all the big like Eminem is in it, uh, Beyonce. And as far as I know, it's it's the first year that Eminem has a card. Um, yeah, Beyonce probably has something with Destiny's Child, maybe like a sticker set or something. I would imagine they had some kind of something. Um, but that might be her first card. Justin Timberlake is in it. Again, Instinct probably had something, but hmm. if not, and PSA does grade this set because I've seen uh, this is Series 2. Series 3 does have population. Series 2 has nothing. Um, so I know that PSA is going to grade it, and they're, they're cheap, and they're hard to find. Like, I got two sets for under $10 each. Okay. I don't even know if there's any more left on eBay at this point. So is there going to be like a market for that kind of thing or not? You know what I mean? It's, but for the price, it's worth the, the, Yeah. The you know, I was um, having a, a debate with a buddy of mine too on stuff like that, where, you know, you, you buy it for under 10 bucks and, and he was getting into like early nineties basketball stars and stuff like that. And, and, and even just for his own PC, and bulk subbing it, you know, value, value modern, uh, for 10, 15 bucks, or I think it's 12 bucks right now. We can talk about PSA price increases in a little bit here, <laughs> or at least the rumors of, um, and, and you know, I was like, are you doing that to make money or like what? And, and then he made the point of like, you know what? Somebody will buy that, you know, if it's a nine or a 10 and, just the the point like you're with those pop star cards 25 bucks 30 bucks for a, a justin timberlake you know rookie card eminem rookie card like i think those are awesome pieces that i, I think in like show you know in terms of like a card show even um having out there people are gonna like find that intriguing i i, I like all that stuff I, I going back through the old card collection like we we collected tons of just weird stuff like that i got a like an Almond Brothers rookie card back there. Some of the Yo MTV Raps cards. Uh, they did like, um, oh, what was the other one? Some other MTV cards from way back in the day. I got some Vanilla Ices, you know, 
<laughs> I have not submitted those to PSA. There's there's other priorities in that <laughs> in that vein, but like, you know, they're they're fun to look at and and enjoy in the sense of like just that nostalgia and like connection to the pop culture at the time for sure. For sure. I think there's a market for that stuff. Yeah, the the seal stuff on that is definitely going up. I know that. Because that that was something I was looking into you know, a couple of years ago, actually buying a UMPB yeah. wraps box. But at that time, just shipping alone made it not worth it. Now, like those boxes are going, I don't know exactly what it is, but I think it's like over 50 bucks a box. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, I don't even want to look. Uh, it's probably pretty silly. For that purpose is buying it to, to open and grade potentially. I sent my buddy a picture of a 1989 FLIR BBCE you know, sealed, graded, whatever you want to call it. But what do you think an 89 FLIR box is going for right now, Dan? Is it the air edition? Like, do they know whether or not it's... Did not know which which version of the uh, Billy Ripken was in it, no. 75, because I know Donruss is doing that. Yeah, Donruss is... Right around seventy five, right? No, these were these were a hundred and eighty dollars, and they sold the case out like that. Yeah, I was, I was, I'm like, where are you going to get hundred and eighty dollars out of an eighty nine Fleer box? Like, those are some of the most ridiculously hard cards to grade. The quality control was butt kiss. I mean, it's just, I can't imagine. <laughs> like, hey, I'm all aboard like the junk wax era train, and you know those the 89 Donruss I mean there's some good stuff in there like you got the Griffey you got the Schilling rookie Randy Johnson but uh 89 Fleer is a pretty bad set the thing is though like I don't know how you tell but being able to tell which like air what run part of the run it was you know what I mean like are you getting the Marlboro ad Randy Johnson's in that that's and the right Billy the Marlboro ad Randy Johnson interesting you, know, you okay. add those with the Griffey, then 160 is bad because I know still like anything above a nine or even an eight for the Marlboro ads, it sells well. Cause I've, I've still been trying to track one of those down for my Randy Johnson collection. But at, at the same time, how can you, how can you know what it is? Like there was no markings on the box or anything like that. Oh yeah. Those Marlboro ad Randy Johnson. I, I have to go go look through more boxes now. <laughs> I love it. The thing, the thing with those two, like uh, the Billy Ripken has an entire website dedicated to the amount of variations there are. And it's the same goes. There's a lot of different Randy Johnsons as well. And I can't what? even, I don't know how people tell. Like there's a green tint. How can you tell it's green as opposed to the normal blacking it out for, for blacked out? Yeah. yeah. Like, there's like four or five different variations of this Randy Johnson. And then the, the Ripken has like, I don't know, 15, 20. It's crazy. White out, blackout, scribble out. The obviously the full air. That stuff. Yeah, everything. Black box. Uh, yeah, there's a ton. Which is the most valuable of the Ripkins? Do you know? I think it's the white out. Okay. That's how I, thought I remembered it being too. No. No. I'm just no, I'm saying no. I'm looking at the price of it over here. The the full error FF error card PSA ten 
new label PSA. Just to be clear, I mean that that's a big differentiator these days, apparently. Yeah. Um, this is a buy now. I should just look at comps, but it's it's posted for eight hundred ninety nine dollars, and I just was very taken aback by that. I guess if the PSA ten full air is going for that amount of money, uh, one hundred eighty dollars is not that obscene. Okay. But you're not. That's the thing, though. You're not getting the odds of you getting a PSA ten out of a box is highly unlikely. Like you said, the the, yeah. the quality control is just terrible back then. Yeah, and a nine goes for twenty five dollars. So, oh, that's the black box. That's the yeah, black box that, version. Yeah, which is the like most common, I think, of all of them. I bought I bought mine like a year ago, and I bought an eight because anything above that was too much. Huh. I mean, when I say too much, I think I paid twenty five bucks for it. But I just wanted to have yeah. one in my collection. Two hundred for the nines of the full. FF error card. Crazy. It is crazy. Okay. Well, I may but put my again, uh, foot put my mouth there. No, no. You don't understand because <laughs> like the Griffey PSA 10 Donners is selling for, I don't know, I think $800. And yeah. you can buy a BBCE Donners box for 75 So you can basically buy a case for the price of a PSA. I still wouldn't do that. I, I wouldn't even consider doing that. You know what I mean? Because you're not, I wouldn't take yeah. that chance that 12 boxes will have one PSA 10 grippy in it. Yeah, quality control on those 89s yeah. is terrible People as don't well. Understand that. It's not even just the centering. Like those show white so much in the corners. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, how it's from 1989. How much did those move around? I found a bunch with just like printing errors to ink spots. That's, yeah. So much. I don't think I've submitted a single 89 Donruss actually of like the thousands and thousands that I've, I've gone through from the collection here. I would, uh, I have an 89 upper deck set somewhere in my attic that I've had since I think 1989 that I'm at this point somewhat considering going up there and finding it and actually submitting the Griffey. I mean, if it looks good, but yeah, that's I did the only that recently. That I would consider out of that like era that I would actually submit myself is just that Griffey because of the prices they are now. Cause yeah. you know, like eight is getting like one fifty. So yeah. You know, you're yeah, nine's around 500. So I, I pulled one out and it was gem. And the bad part is it's a, it's card number one too. So it can be up against right. the end, but I, I broke a complete set. Like you say, from 1989 that we had, pull that thing out and was like oh glorious day i know we had like six of them at some point but i only had i've only been able to find like three of them right now so we may have sold three over the years who knows giving them away i don't know right that right. was what my dad did <laughs> it always kind of like the thing was a big thing with the grading was the hologram on the back like it has to be centered yeah. it was a big thing it's scratch free and all that but then i heard that recently it's not as big a deal as it was made out to be. So I don't really know what you're looking for on those cards to make it so hard to get a 10. You know what I mean? You've got a, uh, a little thing going on Twitter I see called, why would you grade that? <laughs> <laughs> like, why? Tell, tell me more. I think you had you had an excellent example today. Was that a Jim McMahon yeah. that you had? <laughs> uh, 1990 Pro Set. But like the entire left side, it was like, 
I don't even know. Someone just took it on the uh, and just like scraped it on the ground for a good five seconds. Like it's just completely white. I, I don't even know if it's like straight. You know what I mean? It's probably just like all yeah. indent on the side and everything. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the reason for it was. And you could say it was sentimental. Like unless the guy <laughs> does now, like how sentimental was it? Because he's selling it for three dollars on Comp C. It was three dollars. So okay, okay, it was three bucks. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh that is not the cost of even getting it slabbed, right? Yeah, I, I've seen vintage cards. I've been buying a lot of vintage lately and a lot. I mean, as much as you can buy a lot of vintage. Just let me clarify that. Um and they don't look as bad as that card did. <laughs> so <laughs> like I think you gotta keep that up though. I think I mean it's it's not maybe it's not good here for the audio, you know, listeners, but I think uh, checking that checking that segment out on Twitter is a is a must have, and there's enough there's enough BS out there to find that daily. I, I love just looking at uh, you know, going over to eBay or whatever, finding the PSA nine or PSA ten. I think I might have to change my game up though because I always go PSA nine, ten, and like sort by lowest price. Try to find you know five ten dollar slabs or something totally right. silly, right? But I, I like the game even more of just like the absolute worst slab you can find. That that's got to be a thing. <laughs> there was a there was a guy on on Twitter. I don't know who it was. Uh, wish I could give him credit. Like a month or two ago, he said that if you go on Com C, I know you said you don't use Com C, but no, no if much. you go on Com C and and hit the search button, it'll bring up every card in their inventory, and then you can uh, use the tabs on the left to sort that however you want you can cut it down to just rookies you can cut it down to graded rookies all that so i started doing that that i would search and then just click on graded and everything that was graded would come up and then i would uh sort that by price and just just like the amount of ridiculous two dollar slabs you can get like it's kind of depressing like especially like if you were a fan like in the late nineties, early two thousands, like when slabs like really started catching on like BGS stuff, like the amount of like Achilles Smith, um, Ooh. who else? Oh, uh, Brian, Leaf. Brian Leaf. There's a lot of Brian. Leaf yeah. out there. Uh, it's just, there's so much like at this point you look back and it's like, why would you grade that? But at the same time, you know, I mean, people are, are grading Jared Stidham cards right now and in 10 years. You're probably going to look back on that and say, the what amount of Jared Stidham cards that probably got submitted there over those few months, but people like yeah. in that gold rush, and then they sat for how long? Oof. That's just, a big uh, L. That's taking a big L. <laughs> I don't even want those back, and I really don't want to be charged for them. Just <laughs> imagine like getting upcharged on Jared Stidham at this point. <laughs> I heard. Um, I did hear there was a guy on Twitter saying something about he didn't get upcharged. He had something graded in his um, the bulk that went up while it was there. Now, normally they would upcharge you for that, which is absolutely ridiculous. You send a yeah. card there, it goes up, and the amount of time that it took them yeah. to grade it, and they're going to charge you more. Um, and they're not doing the, the revert. You know, They're not going to charge you less if the card goes down. Yeah. Um, but he was saying that he had a card graded that was worth like 500 bucks that he didn't get an upcharge for. Okay. So I don't know, maybe it just happened to slip through the cracks or maybe because they're so backed up that they're like, you know, looking the other way on some things, I, you know, but 
But if, oh, yeah. if they're looking the other way, that's that's definitely a, a good thing. Just get through Especially stuff. I, I have to imagine that upcharge process on the back end where they have to like go back through and, you know, re-invoice or rebuild the order. That's got to be very time consuming. It's, it's essentially a defect in the process at that point. So they got to set it aside. I saw, I saw PSA collector actually, I think on YouTube had a massive bulk sub that he did way back when, and it had like Lucas and Zions and all sorts of stuff that did not belong. And it didn't get any upcharges either. So yeah, it was like a $40,000 sub. It was was his most recent video on YouTube. It was pretty interesting to watch. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't watch it. I just saw the uh, flame emojis for the uh, NBA market. And I was like, nope, that's, <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> that's, yeah, basketball's weird right now. I did a little, um, I did a little looking into some basketball stuff because I was, I don't know, trying to find, trying to find a, our my way through the, the fog that is the basketball dip right now, and. I threw out Luca because he's an outlier in the group, but I took like the next swath of guys that I thought kind of, you know, belonged and and this is all prism stuff too, just because that's the the market flagship for basketball right now. So here's who I threw in. I threw Donovan Mitchell, John Morant, Zion, Jason Tatum, and Trey Young. Um really interesting. Who do who out of that group do you think is the most valuable last sale? Tatum. Tatum takes it right now. Yep, and he's way up um, as compared to the others. And I say way up. This is I should probably get the right uh, timeline here. I think this is ah oh yeah one year. Let's go three months. It's more interesting on the basketball guys here. Uh so Tatum takes the cake. But they're all, I shouldn't say they're all down. The only one that's up right now is Donovan Mitchell. He's up like 48% in the last three months. He's, he's actually coming in at number two Zion with, with Zion. But that's a, pop, that's a pop issue on both those guys. Yeah. What, uh, what is a Donovan Mitchell uh, at right now? The 10? 6'10". Wow, is it really? Yeah. That's way up. Yeah. I mean, he was down. Like he, he just doesn't get. It takes a lot for him to get any kind of love in the hobby. I don't understand why. Yeah, it's Utah. You know, well, yeah, that's that's a big part of it, I think. But he, I like Donovan Mitchell. I, I got you know a fistful of his stuff when I first kind of crawled back into the hobby last year. He was one of the guys that it was just super affordable. Him and Tatum both, I think. Compared to Zion and Ja at the time, where it's just no thank you. Um, Trey Young has fallen off a cliff. Seven thirty down to four twenty two right now. Jaw's at like four sixty, and Zion's right around six ten as well. Um, I don't know what that means. I, I cannot figure out basketball right now, other than. Potentially the impact of Top Shot and money moving over there. There was the fleet equality where a lot of people consolidated, I think, from modern, made a run into 90s with like Iverson, Co- well, I shouldn't say Iverson, but Kobe, 
Iverson, Duncan, Garnett, all these guys have seen values increase lately. Jordan, obviously. Um, I just don't know. Like, so what happens next in basketball? Who's, is it all about the playoff run now? Uh, Luca, you know, Luca's are down to 1300 again. He's he's not going to make the playoffs, which is a dagger. What are, are, what, two weeks ago, we were talking about how it was $2,200. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Like, yeah, twelve seventy five was the last sale on Luca, and, and I don't think it's reached the bottom yet either. No. Yeah, I, I agree on that. Um, the Well, the thing is, like, we saw this at the end of the season last year. Like, everything started dipping, and people were saying, oh, it's – you know, the basketball bubble finally bursting. And then the season was getting started and it spiked back up. And the season started and, uh, you know, people went away from it again. It seems like they, they went to baseball, <clears throat> you know, for cards a little bit. Um, for like, you know, the big guys, Acuna and, and Tatis and Soto. Yeah, Tatis um, is blown up for sure. But this is something that happens every year. Like, you know, season starts, interest is high. Season progresses, see the interest wanes, and then playoffs come and people start buying basketball cards again. But now there's that whole top shot working. Like, what's that mean? <laughs> A lot of interest is there, especially like the guys that were buying basketball that I see on Twitter. Like, a yeah. lot of those are buying top shot now. They're very they, – they want the quick transactions. They're, they want the flip life. And, and Top Shot is wild. Like, I have got my first pack today. Uh, they had, like, the, you know, everybody gets a pack type of thing. I waited four oh, freaking yeah. hours in line, and I almost missed my window at the end of it. And I, like, jumped back. I'm like, oh, whoa, whoa. Okay, okay. Um, so, yeah, I, got, I have my first Top Shot pack. But that is – I don't know what I really all want to say here, but it just looks like such a bad Ponzi scheme right now. Is anybody buying it because they like the product or are we buying it because there's the opportunity to make money in something, be early in it and flip it for something later? I mean, that to me, it just, it's very, um, I want to experience the product more before I comment any further, I guess. I, all due respect, I think 250 million, 218 million in the last month they've done in transactions. That's wild success. That's why no matter which way you cut it up, that congratulations to them. I think that's amazing. I, I just personally, like I chose very early on. I'm like, okay, I'm going to wait this thing out. I'm interested in NFTs, but I, I'm not like sold on what Top Shot is right now. So, well, let me start off by saying I don't understand NFTs to begin with. Like, I know yeah. what it is. You know, I mean, I get all that. I don't like, I saw that there was like a, a painting that went for like $2 million or something. That's just yep. like, you know, that like, okay, so now like that makes a little more sense to me, Top Shot. You know what I mean? Like, if people are throwing this money around for not throwing, I don't want to say that if, if people are, are spending on that, all this NFT stuff, like I understand how top shot can make sense, 
but to me it doesn't make sense you know what i mean like i don't i don't get it like i tried it uh i think two months ago give or take um yep i bought a pack um i got like i don't even know three it was like a, a block uh, a layup and an assist maybe and i was like yeah this this just isn't for me like it, it's it's i get the the idea but it's just I don't understand spending all this money on what it is, but then you can make the same argument. Why do you need to spend money on a piece of cardboard when it's the same as this one, just slightly different? Like I, you know, you can make an argument against my argument very easily, um, but I just, I don't understand it. And because of that, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to stay in my lane with the cards. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, last week I went back on there just to see what the, the moments I had was. And I had, I think it was Julius Randle, like a layup or something, but it was low number, like a, I think number 693 out of 15,000. And apparently the low number, the lower the but number. Why does the low number matter? This makes know. no sense to me. I don't know. I don't know. I do not know. But I'm like, okay, that's a good one. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to put $50 on these just to put them out there just so they're out there and maybe one day they'll get scooped up. And then it was like the next day, both of them were gone for $50. Like these are junk. Like I was like, I can't believe I spent $10 on these. I'm like, I'm done with this. I wish I would have bought like a three pack or something and then decided to walk away. But it's, it's crazy. Like, yeah. Tens of thousands of dollars. Like some of the moments are selling for, a hundred K over uh, six figures for, for one moment. Like what? <sighs> I, I, don't I, I don't quite, I have to admit, and I understand crypto. I get Ethereum. I get Bitcoin. I understand the store of value in an object, a piece of the blockchain. I, I completely get that, but like I, I get crypto punks. I get that. Um, what I don't understand is the rapid increase in price that that's the piece that like worries me. It's just, so just to be clear, like I get it if you're going like $4 to $10, but people are opening these $9 packs and just like, it's exploding in value. Like there's so much money coming into it. People collecting sets. I get that. Like it's, it's really fascinating. I, I'm leery of it in that sense of like, there's so much money racing into it. There was so much money racing into GameStop as well. Okay. <laughs> and I'm not even comparing the two, but that's the world we live in today where tomorrow we could be talking about something completely different and money just pours out like out of top shot or something like that. I heard um, Gary V and others talk about so rare, which is uh, soccer NFT game where you get to buy like a top shot moment but it's a it's a player card and then you can use those cards in a fantasy game like okay so there's utility for that card and you get to you know use that and there's only like 10 of uh, you know each player they get released each year and i'm not quite sure how it all works i've heard the interface is kind of cumbersome but i'm like that's interesting like there's more utility beyond just having having something other than like a nice piece of digital art all all due respect to that stuff i wanted to talk about another nft and, and I'm, 
right, you're not into Pokemon very much, are you? I, I got the Pokemon. I, I, I play Pokemon games. I understand. Like I yeah. have an idea of what's going on, but I don't. You know what I mean? I'm. I no. I, so tonight, I Logan Paul was opening up a million dollar box of first edition Shadowless. They hit two Charizards, which is insanity. They, they had finished. Ken Golden. Yeah, I saw Ken Golden talk about they hit like two in like, I don't know, eight packs or Yeah, 11. seven packs. Yeah. <sighs> so they only ended up, I mean, not only ended up with two, but that's, they did only get two then. Yep. And what's huh. like a PSA 10 from that set sell for? That's like the biggest. That's the one. That's the That's, that's the, the one. Yeah. First edition. Shadowless. It, yep. Right. They were all shadowless then in that set, or like. So there was shadowless, and then there was shadowed, but right. there was first edition of each of those, right? So the shadowless version was much shorter print run than even like the shadow version version of first edition. So were they in the same product? Like, no. If you opened a box, were they all shadowless? Correct. Yep. Okay. Yep. So here's the NFT. Here's the kicker, Dan. You ready for this? Because I, I know you bought one of these, right? <laughs> Here we go. Logan Paul had an NFT for the Pokemon opening tonight. He sold over $3.5 million in NFTs. Okay. And each one of these NFTs, so the cheapest one was going for $370. And, and it's a nice little Pokemon card, you know, digital art picture. Next level up was a gold for $1,500. There was a black mat for $17,000. And a holo version for $38,500. So there's people out there that spent $38,500 on a NFT to commemorate this box opening with Logan Paul tonight. And he sold millions of dollars of them. That to me, Gary's been all over this stuff. Gary, you know, we go way back, right? But Gary V, (laughs) all due respect uh, to the man, like he's been all over NFTs lately. And he has been talking about like, what happens when celebrities, Beyonce, we were talking about Eminem, any, any celebrity right now can create an NFT for their artwork, for their music. And like, we can go do, we could go do this. We go create an NFT on uh, rarify. I think is one of the main ones you can like pay the gas fee and create your own NFT. Super fascinating. I am, I'm really, I think this is super cutting edge, futuristic, like virtual reality. Once we're in that type of like constant, you know, 2020 was that way. We're all connected via, via, zoom and whatnot like the the, like 3d virtual reality podcasting rooms clubhouses and stuff like that like that's all coming but it's very interesting to me that like the nfts are just like lots of money and i suppose it's all bitcoin crypto gamestop money that i you know making its way into just a different form i don't know I, i have no idea what to make of it other than people people have a lot more money than than i do (laughs) That, that, that's definitely that's definitely true that what like how do they how do you like is there like a do you have like a trophy group like how what do you do with these tokens like what 
So that's CryptoPunks is, I think CryptoPunks is interesting in that way where there's like 10,000 of these characters and then like you get to use that as, you know, your badge wherever you go, basically. Like it's a digital identity. It's an avatar. But I'm not sure, like with the top shots and stuff like that, like they've got to have like a, a top shots card you can carry around to display them. You know, like a digital picture frame. I mean, th- those things have to be coming out at some point. Um, I-, I don't know otherwise. They have a showcase like feature or gallery feature, I know, in Top Shots. But the rest of the stuff, I-, I-, I don't know. That's what, how do you, other than just in the completely virtual realm, like I know people pay a lot of money for, um, I think some of the first NFTs were in like World of Warcraft. And I'm, I know I'm screwing this game up right now, but like, you could buy artifacts from a game where people minded Eve, Eve, you could buy like these huge starships on Eve online to uh, go have battles and stuff like that. I, I know that's always been something where, you know, that has held value. <laughs> it's a, it's a whole new world. I don't know. I'll st- I guess I'll stick to cardboard. Like you say, stay in my lane a little bit. Uh, cardboard's weird enough for me. <laughs> I don't get the whole, like I said, I don't get the whole thing in general. So I'm not even going to attempt to, and like by saying what I said, I'm not saying like that stuff, is it going to succeed? Or like, I'm not putting my, like, I just yeah. don't get it. I'm okay. Yep. Missing the boat. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not, it's not, it's not for me. Yeah. I'm going to buy the dip on uh, modern basketball instead exactly. of, uh... <laughs> that's percent. <laughs> like I had a, I did a little sale on Twitter the other day, sold some stuff. And I was going to put, like, I have a bunch of, of Prism stuff that had in my gray box that I haven't got around to, like, fully inspect yet. So I'm like, you know, I'll just get rid of some of that. Um, but when I was looking up comps, I'm like, I, there's no way I can sell stuff for this this price. Like, it's it's crazy yeah. how, you know, that mid-tier, I'm not talking about, like, the Zions and the, and the, the top two, three of the rookie classes. The guys underneath them that are just, it's not even worth, definitely mm. not worth selling that stuff like i would hold on to that and even like look into buying some of it depending on who you're who you're into i mean yeah but there's definitely potential i think for for this year like like i said that this happens every year this is a cycle that that always happens interest dips interest comes back interest dips interest comes back well we got prism coming out i that's i have to think that the card release calendar being as far pushed back as it, as it is right now with like major football releases coming out after the football season, like that doesn't help anything whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. See, I think a lot had to do with Panini's schedule being all screwed up in general stuff coming back later than, than normal, but still they, they still come out with stuff, good stuff after the season, which you're right. Does not make sense. Granted, it's so, a shorter season, but still, they can they can they can pack it in a little bit more. So next week, this week was kind of soft from like a new release outlook. Um, next week, it looks like a pretty busy week, though. We've got oh, I wanted to talk a little bit. Of, I will go back to this, but this week the 2020 Donruss Optic Football Premium Box Set came out, uh, and. Uh, I want to go back to what we were talking about. I think the first episode about bots and uh, 172 of 199 
got cooked. <laughs> I heard that the other 27 were bought by a different uh, thought group. Oh, wonderful. So, I mean, <laughs> but, so I seen the group that bought them. Somebody linked me to the, them bragging about it. And then I saw that they were, I'm pretty sure it was the same group were buying for $3,500 each. The, the ones mm-hmm. that weren't, that weren't bought. Um, I was looking up comps before I stuck my foot in my mouth to really say how stupid it was for these to even be selling for $2,000. So I looked up um, uh, Herbert's PSA, yeah. or not PSA, but Just his wrong. number, the 199 uh, orange is the, the 199 out of the pack. Okay. Those okay. Interesting. Between, cool. Between six and 800. Whoa. Okay. I would, think, I would, yeah. So, yeah. So I, I, first of all, I would think that, those would sell for, I don't know, maybe say 50 to 75% of what the orange sell for that the premium set. Seems reasonable. Because we're getting the whole set right at once. Like it's not yeah. hard to find. Yeah. Um, but even still, like at $2,000, if you broke it down, it, you could still probably get a little bit of profit out of it, which is mm-hmm. upset to me. But I can't, I saw that they were selling for like 5000 over $5,000 a set on eBay, like right after they were released. But I really don't know if they actually sold. How hard would it be for them to, like all it takes is to set it up that you can buy something and not pay right away. You know what I mean? Yeah. For yeah. eBay right now. So all you would have to do is hit to buy it now and boom, that's the comp. So you can charge you, you know what I mean? Like you have a comp price for that. There's no way anybody rationally is buying that set for $5,500. Why would they be doing that? Hmm. Good question. I agree. Speaking of why, a release next week is Donruss Basketball. Oh. By the way, I like Donruss. I love their cards. I... I think they are clean. This is the same design as uh, 2020 Optic Football, Donner's Football. I should say Donner's Football. Um, but hobby boxes are going for a cool thousand. <laughs> is that is that they're down to a thousand? Yeah, yeah. I mean, when I say down to, I don't mean. But the big stink when they. I think first released the pre-order. It was twelve hundred. Twelve hundred. Yeah. Yeah. Panini Which, one football. That'll be cool. Yeah, the Donner's Prism Star Premier Ball. League. Ooh, Prism Premier oh. League soccer. See, I don't know about soccer to know the diff- Like, what is Premier League? Is that a good one? Yeah, that's a t- that's an English league. So it's the top league in Europe. Arguably, I mean, you talk to the wrong person, they're gonna chew your ear off about it. That's very uh tribal but generally generally speaking the premier league is where you want to end up now ronaldo and messi they don't play in the premier league for instance so other other leagues uh can attract top talent um and some leagues act as more like farm leagues uh, you know to baseball it's right. I, I tried to learn a lot more about soccer this year uh I, I did and then i kind of like just gave it up as it just got 
it, it got a little wild once the Erling Holland sets came out and like Topps Chrome, the prices were just, whew, these are 850 a box now for prison this year. I bought, that was actually one of the ways I kind of got back in. I, I was like, okay, what's hot right now? I bought a bunch of like prison premier league, 2019, 2016. And I was buying sets of that stuff for like 60 bucks a pop. Um, and just breaking sets to get some graded, sell them. Um, that, that really helped, but not something I'm like, it's not something I love. Uh, it was just the right. only sport on at the time. So I'm like, might as well watch it. Might as well learn it, enjoy it. Um, but I became a Borussia Dortmund fan nonetheless um, and cannot afford a damn Erling Holland rookie. That's for sure. <laughs> is, so yeah, uh, this is cool. I'm really looking at the, the calendar now. Next week is super busy. Absolute memorabilia basketball, revolution basketball, Panini one football. And then like, we're into upper deck artifacts, golf. March is packed with great releases. The end of the quarter, they got to get that yeah. stuff out. It's usually, usually how it works. That that last month of the the quarter is always, always when the big releases are. And they do not have a definitive date now for Panini Prism basketball. Yikes. Hmm. Because that's what I was kind of thinking was that with the release of Prism Basketball, we're going to see modern basketball kind of come back up and take a run. Plus with that, like with Top Shot, um, now that they're releasing all those packs, like how can the, the market stay as high? So maybe, you know, this flood of new moments into the, the marketplace will dip the interest a little bit and that, that could swing people back to cards, especially like Prism is going to bring interest back regardless for sure. I Definitely. can't even imagine. Like, what do you think uh, a blaster of prism is going to go for right out of the gate? 250 bucks. Like if you find one on the shelf, you can sell it for $200 before you walk out of that store. I've heard three grand on hobby boxes. So that's I mean, if Donruss is a thousand. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm glad they've gone mostly like limiting retail now. I've seen it available a couple places. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's like, good, good. I'm glad we can do that, at least in the physical sense. The bots, the bots will still take all the online stuff, though. Yeah. Um, Not a fan. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, new releases will be interesting. Definitely a lot of new cards coming out. Uh, also we've got the looming or not so looming PSA price increase next week. The, the, is this true? I've not seen anybody come up with like the real details and that, that amazes me because even Apple can't keep secrets, but apparently PSA can, um, it makes all the sense in the world that they increase prices and that, Turner sent out a pretty big message this last week about like all their new hires. They've hired 160 new people since December. They're focused on turnaround times, AKA we hired a lot. We're going to make things happen faster, but we're going to charge you more for it. It makes all the sense in the world, but like, are we getting an increase? What do you think? Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it was 
an increase in, in the bulk for sure, just to try and cut down on that. You know what I mean, um, but I, you know, again, I wouldn't be surprised if, if every tier is raised, which would really suck for like the, the quicker turnaround stuff. Yeah. Just like we were talking about last time, it's, it's, you know, I have stuff that I need to get out. So I should probably actually do that <laughs> either tonight or tomorrow is, is get my uh, order ready and, and get it out. <laughs> well, their website is like, it, it, their website is just trash right now. Um, I've been trying to just put in one submission. I did a bunch more the week prior, but like for whatever reason, when you're entering cards into your submission right now, you get like 1996 metal, then the card number, and then the name typically. It's just spinning. You have to sit there for several minutes waiting for the database to load, and you have to wait for their database to load based on like the previous titles. I don't know what's going on, but it is slow as molasses. Sandbagging yeah. me. <laughs> it's been <laughs> me and my buddy are both put in a big uh, submission. I'm like, oh, this is the worst time to be entering all this manual data and just sitting here like watching the grass grow. But right. um, I don't know. Maybe the, maybe there's hope on the horizon too. So PSA, yeah, probably a price increase. We'll see you know, March 1st makes a ton of sense. It's a Monday. Um, and, but we've got CSG live now too. Uh, yeah, I'm intrigued. Like I said, you know, previously, uh, I, I'm all for them as, you know, the company, but the whole CC, yep. uh, CC in general, the mother company, whatever you want to call it. Um, but it's, it's the labels are, are a little, not appealing to the eyes so much. I, I, I love I, I love the way the uh, the Pokemon stuff looks or the the magic. Their labels are yeah. great. Like you know, they look like the comic books. Um, I don't I don't really understand why they they chose the green. But then, like on Twitter the other day, they the guy said about Spider Man being you know, CGC has partnership with Marvel and DC to put the characters on slabs. So maybe the slabs are the way they are because they're thinking ahead that they're going to get partnerships with, you know, the sports affiliations, uh, teams, the whole putting, I don't even know what they could do. They could put the, the team logo on there. They could put, you know, player shots on there, whatever. But that's all speculation, complete, complete speculation. But if they did that, that would be very, even more appealing. Yeah, that would look really cool. Like you say, their their Pokemon slabs look really nice. They got like a holographic label to them. It goes really well with what typically is going to be you know a holographic Pokemon that you're getting graded. Um, there's definitely enough room. I was looking at that slab after I saw that on Twitter too, and it's like, oh yeah, like a logo would completely fit in that area. Some you know that 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 there's definitely like the perfect amount of room there for sports labels sports brands that would be a hell of a would that have to that would be had to a hell of a get though because they'd have to have licensing even to use that right i mean i would think marvel and dc are just as big just okay. yeah, yeah bigger probably <laughs> yeah right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so i don't yeah. think it's that far off for, for it to be a possibility plus like at the same time 
they're not going to be like, hey, you know, this is why the label is because we're thinking about doing this because then they're going to have to do that. You know I mean, like they can't they can't screw that up um, if if that's their intentions. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think it's definitely a, a very good possibility. And it's not like that's the thing about them, too, is like people are dismissing them so easily just because of the label which yes it, it is somewhat you know not appealing to the eyes but like they're a legit business like they absolutely like, absolutely you, like you, you see their their uh business like it's it's like it's crazy what the place looks like and then you you have another place you know hga running out of a strip mall like is that why, why are you so easy to send your cards there and <laughs> just because the label's nicer and then you know maybe they're gonna be a nicer label overall with you know adding the teams on the label that would be huge that would be really cool i went through and i you know psa's red pretty ugly um right I went through and picked out cards that I'm like would look good with that green label. And I'm like, Oh, this will be my first sub to, to CSG. Now with the sub grades though, it was like 25 a card unless you had 50 cards. I'm not ready to go 50 right. in right. quite yet with them. Um, Your boy. But that, uh, that's just a matter of prioritizing where the cards that I want to get graded are right now. So it's a matter of time. I mean, I, I people were saying like, too, you have to sign up for a membership with CSG. Yep. Um, but, but it's, you get $150 in vouchers too. So I signed, I didn't even sign up for that one. I just signed up for the $25 membership. So it's like 25, you know what? I'll send two, three subs in and be more than happy with that. So you got like a supplies credit for that, like 15 bucks or something like that at the $25 level. So that, I don't know. I don't think that should be a barrier to entry either. Like you say, when we're dealing with a, a group of very credible graders, um, their slabs generally like I've held a bunch of the, the Pokemon and otherwise very nice slabs, crystal clear, um, which I don't think you get with some of the other, the other players. Um, Do they put their cards in sleeves for the Pokemon? Did you notice? I don't think so. That, that bothers me. And it surprises me if they don't because BGS did, and that's where, that's where those guys are from. That will be interesting. I'm not quite sure. I can't Nobody remember. Nobody does it. BGS is the only one. I don't understand why. Yeah, that is a problem. The shifting cards and everything moving around. I don't know. Sometimes I get nervous shipping slabs that way where it's like, ah, uh, you just... I, I don't trust Mailman as far as I could, could throw them. That's for sure. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that's, I'm excited. More competition is better for grading right now. Um, put some pressure on PSA, take a chip away at that, that market leader. Uh, real quick. Are you going, do you go to card shows? Have you been to card shows? Um, and in particular thoughts on the national this year? Um, I go to card shows went used to um even before the pandemic 
I stopped really going to local ones because it's always the same, the same guys, you know, there's yeah. three guys always there. Um, and the guy you would say is my LCS. Um, he stopped, he stopped even setting up at him. So there's no reason for me to really go anymore. But now since, you know, everything's changed, you know, the pandemic and everything, um, I'm ready. I'm itching. I want to yeah. go. Uh, we have a big one here uh, quarterly, not okay. really here. It's, you know, within an hour drive of me, uh, like the greater Philadelphia sports car convention or something. Um, cool. But it, it just keeps getting canceled. Um, it was supposed to be sometime recently. Uh, but again, it's, it's been canceled. Uh, I would like to go to the national for sure. Uh, and it, it works out for, you know, uh, my work shuts down every year at the end of July, beginning of August. So it always sets up perfectly with the national. Um, it's just a matter of actually getting there. Like I was planning on going in Atlantic city because it's right down the street from me. Nice. But yeah. Yeah. This isn't really right down the street. So we'll see. Yeah. I threw a Hail Mary and bought tickets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or i bought a ticket i was planning to go i was planning to go with my dad this year and surprise him and everything like that but that didn't work out but i'm like you know what screw it we're gonna buy a ticket to go to the national um i don't have a hotel or anything yet uh concerned about it even happening but you know what let's go so i'm gonna go to the national this year never been be my first time and uh i think that'll be a ton of fun I've been really thinking about card shows lately. Um, we only have about one in Minnesota a month right now. And the last time I was there, uh, like you said, it, it's been getting canceled here and there. And um, I don't know, you couldn't even get to tables for the first, for the first half of the day. And it was just packed. I, I just think there's a ton of demand out there for that type of thing. And I don't know, at some point, Maybe not owning like a, a brick and mortar, but I would love to put on a card show and like promote promote more shows. I just think there should be more than more than one a month. Um, I was looking at like Alabama, Mississippi. There's tons of shows going on there. Like, wait a minute, like there are so many card collectors in Minnesota that I would love to just I don't know. There there there's it's Minnesota, so there there's just a lot of good people that are Minnesota nice card collectors, wide variety of, of everything at those shows. And I remember back in the day they had massive shows at uh, this great hotel. It was like an Indian style hotel. I can't remember the name of it now. Shoot. Oh no. <laughs> they were, they were massive though. Just huge, huge shows. And it was pretty routine. They'd have them and, I don't know. I, Dallas has a big show. I think there's a big one in New Jersey this weekend. Even Wayne, yeah. Wayne, New yeah. Jersey. I don't know where that's at, but uh, I'm not. I'm not fresh on my East Coast geography so much. Don't be mad at me. But uh, it, it definitely. I was like, okay, yep. The hour long lines to get into the Wayne, New Jersey show this yeah, weekend, that's and that's crazy. so yeah, card shows would be a lot of fun. I I hope the national happens. I I don't know, like. I hope I'm vaccinated by that time too. We'll see. We'll see how that all pans out too. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? A lot could change between now and then. Um, I, think, I think we're in pretty good shape for it to happen. Now. Yeah. I, definitely, I, 
I would I would love to uh, to go, but you know, with all the little kids and such, it's a little difficult. <laughs> yeah, I haven't broke the news to my wife yet. <laughs> I don't know. It's not going to be like the full five days for sure, maybe. But uh, I live decently close to Chicago. It's like a seven-hour drive or I can fly in there. It's like a 45-minute little pond hop down to Chicago from Minneapolis. So that ain't so bad to get there. And Chicago's a really awesome, awesome town. It's the, it's like just outside Chicago, though, I understand. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's uh, let's talk some baseball too. Baseball's coming up tomorrow. Is that yeah, yeah? Spring training starts tomorrow. The game. So we were talking a little bit about Tatis last time. I um, I actually parted ways with a few Tatis this last week. It, it was just too juicy not to um, take some profit and. Right reinvest so i ended up i ended up selling a 2016 bowman tatis bowman chrome psa 9 and um a psa 9 20 2019 series 2 410 and i turned that into a couple walter payton rookies like low grade just raw yeah (laughs) what it's good. It's good. I like that. I, I can't say I was uh, all all straight of mind, but I was like, I, I don't know. I found a couple of uh, vintage is really rocking my world right now as far as like my expectations for like great ability. And I was looking at like PSA one, PSA two, Walter Payton rookies, and then I was crawling around looking at like what okay, what's out there raw for for a Walter Payton rookie, and I'm like, okay, if I can be in this price range and end up with a one or you know even maybe i don't maybe it's not good enough to even submit like i don't know it, it, it was a good little experiment so i got i got two of those and then i picked up uh some what else did i buy vintage it's been like all vintage i, I what a 1950s baseball oh, oh like there's oh. something like magical I got the first card that ever like reduced me to tears this week. And it was like, it was the card my dad always wanted. So I admit like right. it's uh the, the 1954 oh, yeah. Ernie Banks and um, yeah, the dude kind of directed me to these Facebook groups, deal or no deal <laughs> Facebook groups. <laughs> so I don't know. There's, I I've been seeking maze, mantle not so much um i I want some mickeys at the same time but really after mays and ted williams buying a ton of nolan ryan um and just having having fun playing the vintage game right now because it is just a a whole nother world when it comes to that stuff and man are they beautiful like the 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 colors and just there's something magical about those 50s baseball cards yeah i agree i've been i've been uh looking at Willie Mays recently. I think we think I talk about Willie Mays every episode. Um, I have yet to buy one though. But yeah, you know, there's it, it SGC four you can buy now on, on eBay for three hundred dollars. Like that's just that's crazy. And it's a nice looking four too. Like, you know what I mean? It's not 
It's not. It, it, it presents well. Like it's not too beat up. Like it's it's crazy. Yeah, I picked up a fifty-eight Mayas tonight. I think it was like a hundred and thirty. Um, it, it, you know, it may grade out at like a PSA three, but that's still it's it's a nineteen fifty-eight Willie Mays. One of the cool things I was looking at this last week was Nolan Ryan. I love Nolan Ryan. Um, interesting. I was looking at his pop reports. Every single year from 68 through all the 70s has like about 4,000 total pop report with PSA for Nolan Ryan. Weird number. I'm like, why is there only 4,000 and like exactly 4,000 of all of these graded? A whole decade's worth. That's crazy. So I was digging into active players, baseball. We're talking about all-time greats like Banks and Mays and all these guys. I'm like, all right, is there anybody right now that's going to reach that? Um, You know, kind of like Luca compared to LeBron and Kobe and all these other guys. I'm like, all right, who who are the Lucas of modern day baseball? And and there's a couple of guys I'll just say straight up we got to throw out, and that's Mike Trout. Um, And then. I, I started to whittle it down to of like Pujols and Cabrera. Those guys, they, they've already earned their keep, right? Like they're price-wise, PSA 9s and 10s, for me at least, kind of out of reach right now. And for most folks that I, I was thinking about, I, I think out of reach. But who's that next layer of active baseball players that – could be all time. It's a really short list. <laughs> That's there, there's. So I was looking at home runs because chicks dig the long ball. And I was looking at active war leaders and I was really taken aback by a few things. Oh, I threw a Mookie bets too. Like Mookie right. is the man. We know that all due respect. This is just not what this particular analysis was looking at. So active war leaders, it's like Pujols, Trout, Cabrera, Robinson Cano. Um, he's got 69.1, Vado, And then we get into like a bunch of dudes that are 30 plus. But number 14 is where it gets interesting. So I was looking for guys in their 30s from the last decade. And I kind of looked at it a different bunch of different ways. One of the inter- ways I did was who has been a seasonal war leader in the last decade. And I ended up with Bellinger, Bryce Harper, Buster Posey's on that list as well, by the way, in 2012, but Aaron judge Bregman was in 2019 as well, but tried to will it down to like a nice size of a list and make a little comparison. So I got judge Harper Bellinger and Manny Machado. That was the surprising one to me from an active war leader standpoint. Machado is way up there. And in fact, I think is the youngest rated. Yeah. He's 27. So he's got 223 home runs. He's right up there with Bryce Harper. And where's he at on the war list? Maybe not so. 
Oh, number 16. And he's only 27. So he's the highest at number 16. He's the highest active war of any buddy underneath the age of 30. Really? Yeah. uh, Yeah. What's Arenado? Arenado Arenado is right behind him at number 18. He's 29 years old. Andrelton Simmons is way up there too, but card value wise, he, he ain't it. So, so then I was like, all right, well, out of these young players, who's, who's the most valuable? What's, what's it look like? And Bellinger, these are all tops. Now they're tops rookie flagship. Bellinger surprised me. He's coming in at 215 bucks last sold. Harper's at 192. This is 2012 tops, number 661. It's his, uh, like Juan Soto photograph, leg up, front leg up. Judge was 2017 tops, number 287, coming in at 145. And so here's, if I was to make a play or like say something here, Manny Machado at 115 bucks, 2013 tops, PSA 10s. Well undervalued, I guess, compared to the, the other guys there, um, given his relative impact on the game. What did they do last year when they got hot there, Padres? Uh, Machado? Yeah. So Machado peaked. People don't like him. He peaked at like 110. So he's actually higher than he's ever been right now. Really? Yeah. There's just people don't like Manny Machado. I, I don't, it's just, I don't know. I don't understand it. At, like at anybody from that list, like I wouldn't really feel comfortable with any. I mean, um, like Judge is always hurt. You know I mean, yeah. I'm not, not yeah. really firm to put money in Judge. Um, Harper, I don't know. How many years do we have to give the guy before? I mean, he's good, but he's not like what he was expected to be. He was, you know, the LeBron of, of baseball, and he's just not good not comparison. Yeah. Um, and then uh, who else did you say? There's somebody else that like it's just not. Oh, Bregman. Bellinger. Oh yeah, Bellinger. But the thing with Bellinger too is is the Dodgers are so crowded. I think that has a lot to do with uh, uh, Mookie Betts. But, you know, I feel like his cards should be a lot higher than they are, but they're not. But I think it might be just because there's so much to go around on the Dodgers. You know, there's so many. You got Kershaw and, and Bellinger and, and Betts. Like that's a lot for one team. Like I think if, if Bellinger was on a different team, maybe. Um, what's Bregman's stuff? He's intriguing because like I feel like his stuff might be low because he's an Astro, and maybe he's <laughs> not to be an Astro his whole career, and people will forget pretty quick that he's not an Astro once he's on a different team. So. He wasn't available on card ladder for the the analysis there. What was Bregman's rookie twenty eighteen? Tops series one. That was loaded. Seventeen tops series one. Judge. That's oh, the the complete set. Let me see here. Yeah, Yelich isn't on that list. I saw somebody pick up a gold Yelich Bowman. 
for like 50 bucks PSA 9 the the fat thing yeah I got it Uh, so Bregman's got a bunch of like weird I can't find just a base tops not even chrome so chrome is good chrome 10 refractor for 200 whoa that's a steal what did what did he do last year? He was still like, yeah, he was still. I mean, like the league on fire or anything, but he was still decent, I think. Six bombs. He he only had two forty two. Oh wow. Yeah, he had rough year. But I mean, no trash can for, for every yeah exactly, but. I think the trash can stuff, they weren't using that in 2019 either, were they? <laughs> I think that's Don't know. They, they moved to buzzers in 2019. Yeah, yeah, who knows? <laughs> yeah, I like- I'd have to say Bregman's like overall probably a pretty decent. I'd have to take a better look at it. He, he, like, he's good. He's an overall good player, third baseman. Yeah. And, and Otto, too. But who knows? I mean, a whole new team, and that's another team that's that's loaded with talent that he could go unnoticed. You know, Goldschmidt could overshadow him, or uh, the rookie, uh, what's his name, <laughs> Carlson, Dylan Carlson. Arenado sitting right around two hundred. Yeah, that sounds about right. He's really good. Yeah. I, I, I'm excited to see him with some uh, other hitters in the lineup. Right. And he's got that 2010 Bowman. Yelich. Yelich is another one I'm, I got to do a little more research on. Very they're intrigued. Not, they're both uh, 2013 update. That's something mm-hmm. I just sent. Well, not just. I sent <laughs> golly. Like end of December, I sent to. Uh, Star stock. That was my first, the first wax box I shipped to them. Okay. Blasters of the Walmart, you know, the, the blue parallel. I bought them last year for like 95 bucks a pop. Hmm. Gotta be, gotta be a little bit more than that by now. For tw- 2013 tops update? Oh, yeah. Yeah. With the, with the special parallels. That was all, yeah. that was one of the first things when I, and everything like really changed. I started looking for the oddities, um, sealed like the leaf. I started buying leaf boxes, the Donruss leaf, like the Canadian style, like 87, 86. Yep. I got um, those are those are sitting pretty good right now. The the, the 87 leaf. Um, I heard Maddox PSA pencil for like three grand for leaf. Yeah. With, yeah, I, I exactly. I was just gonna say, and in fact, his tops are. I'm sorry, his uh, his eighty-seven Donruss is up to five hundred now. Really? So huh. the leaf is way more scarce. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That I was I was looking for Tiffany sets, and that's right around the time Tiffany really started taking off. I don't even know. I haven't looked in a while. I don't know if you can find really any Tiffany sets anymore. No, they got they got blown up recently. Yeah. yeah. 
That'd you ever say 1996 Leaf? What's that, me? Yeah, what's up with 1996 Leaf Baseball? 80, I got 86, not, not 96. Got it, 86 but, Leaf, okay. With the Conseco and McGriff. Oh. oh. Consecos have been um, going up recently, too. I, pick, I picked one up. Finally, the first time I've never had one. I didn't get it yet. But I got an eight. I think like twenty-five bucks. Nice. But that that was that was the card. You know what I mean? Like that was that was it. It was. It's yeah. It wasn't. You know, like I said, you know, a couple of days ago, I was saying, you know, if Canseco didn't, you know, pipe bomb his career, and not just like the book, but just his career in general, how he just, I don't know. I feel like the '90s, he just stopped caring almost. Especially when he lets a ball bounce off his head for the Rangers. Um, That's, yeah, he had a few too many bad memes there. And like then he wrote that he book was, where he just outed everybody too. And that that's really when hey, he he gave the dirt. Like I don't think he was making too much up in that I read that book going way back when. I'm like, you know, good for him. He's like everybody was doing it. And right. yeah, everybody was doing it. So but people were so mad at him for that, that that just, that nuked his career. But let's say hypothetically he didn't like his career didn't go down the shitter and, and he didn't write that book. I, I think there's a legit possibility that that would be the card of, you know, the modern era card over the yeah. 80s. Yeah. Because it was so iconic during that era. Like that was that was the card for sure. Yep. Yeah, uh, I completely agree. Put on my shelf. Got no problem holding on to that card. <laughs> Plus, it's one of my uh, the top three hundred cards of the twentieth century. So I had to get it eventually. Oh, what's that? Top three hundred of the twentieth century. It's a phenomenal, you know, uh, uh, coffee table book kind of thing. Uh, huh. Mike Payne, the uh, he's a Beckett guy. Oh yeah, there, but he's a writer. Uh, but he broke down the 300 best cards of the 20th century. Um, there's stuff that you know. There's at least 100 cards on there that I'm just never gonna, never gonna have. You know, I mean, like there's the 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 T206 stuff. There's the Gaudi, uh, Ruth and Gehrig, and yeah, even you know the Mantles. 52 tops all those like i'm never gonna i'm never gonna have those cards but and the thing is too now i just recently found out he broke it down for 80s and 90s as well so i think i might kind of change my project a little because those are more obtainable although for the 89 bowman he chose the griffey tiffany and he couldn't just take the normal bowman he had to, to make it the <laughs> tiffany those are expensive they're they're rarer than the than the traded Tiffany. Yeah. When I was at at the tops traded Tiffany when I when I bought my Griffey, I was uh, looking at the Bowman as well, and it was basically a nine was the same for traded as it was an eight for Bowman because of the scarcity. Dang. I think they're even now, though. I think the iconicness of of tops is starting to take over over the scarcity. 
Yeah, that uh, that eighty nine Bowman Griffey is a cool card. I I like that card a lot. I hate, I hate the size. Hate it. The size, yeah, is super. <laughs> Every time, like I used to keep, I had my, um, you know, all my Mariners in the box, and I would sort them by year and everything, and it would always be like that. 89s would always be like crinkled over because they were sitting higher than the yeah than the normal cards. Hated. I can imagine like high grade stuff for that is sells well. Huh. I'll have to check that book out. That looks fun. Oh, it's a great book. I I talked about it the other day. I, I figured you could probably buy it on Amazon for two three bucks, but apparently it's not. I mean, it's only like. 10 15 dollars but you can't yeah find it looks it. like 10 I thought you might be able to find it kids like something i can throw on the table for the kids to look at oh yeah what's a little history. there's a little you know a little write up for each card and everything 300 great baseball cards it's a good uh it's a good thing to look at for Speculate, not necessarily speculating, but investing, I guess you could say. The trigger word for some, but <laughs> one one left in stock. I gotta get it. Lock it up. Prime delivery. <laughs> I was so mad I bought a label maker this week and I run a Mac. And yeah. It no didn't dice. work. It didn't work. I was so mad. It was supposed to be Wi-Fi. It's a brother 8L, A10W or something like that. And um, <laughs> it's like I was really, really looking forward to not cutting pieces of paper out and, you know, taping them to the packages right. every day. It's, but it's, first it's world worried. problems, right? Yeah. It's, it's definitely life changing. It's a big deal. Like you don't realize how much you need one until you have one. It really, it, it's you're, like you're you're gonna love it. Yeah, love it for sure. A lot of time. Well, and I I moved back to work this week, so like my whole routine of like getting up in the morning and shipping as I like wake up, like I, I had to get rid of that because I got to wake up earlier to get up to go to work, and like then I'm hustling to get out, and I can't just do my thing. So. That was a that was a game changer. I'm like, nope, I got to get more efficient at this and just like make it snap snappier. Maybe you know, cut up pieces of cardboard ahead of time and all that stuff too. God, that was another thing. I'm like, I, I want just like pre-cut little pieces of cardboard so I don't dice my knuckles up with a razor blade early in the morning trying to carve those things out for the the BMWT shipping. That's what I, I use. Uh, I save all my the top loaders that people ship in the tape yeah. up stuff instead of even bother worrying about peeling that off i just throw them in a box and then use them to you know as padding i need to do that especially like with my sport lots orders dude i i seriously i have a whole box if you want a, a large flat rate box of, of top loaders cheers i got <laughs> i got way more than i need like sport lots i get you know two three with every order and i'm, I'm putting in hundreds of orders are coming in. You know what I mean? Like it's, I'm just getting flooded with top loaders. Interesting. Not, and not good bad reason. top loaders. <laughs> Taped up top loaders, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, some of those people are savages on there. Just shoving like five prism cars in a fat top loader with no penny sleeve on any of them. 
Oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like I, I wish there was a way to. There's so many things that I wish Sport Lots did that it, it doesn't already do. But I'm not complaining just because of the, the stuff that I find on there. But I wish there's a way that I could take sellers off my search. Like I get a, a bad package from them, you're out. I don't even want to see your cards anymore. What else we got to cover? We we went through everything already. <laughs> yeah, we were kind of choppy this week. That was good. I could rant about vintage baseball more, but I'm also completely ignorant. <laughs> I feel like I'm just like rant like I don't know this deal or no deal Facebook and like a couple group and like a few other groups that just blowing my mind with like the quality of cards out there for, I, I don't know if affordable is the right word, but right for, for somebody like me that wants to get into collecting vintage that it's a godsend. Um, all the big stars are out there. Like I say, not on eBay. So like you can actually have a conversation with people about the card. Um, it's it's been great so far for the guys that I'm going after, Ernie and Willie Mays and right. and Mickey Mantle and those guys. I mean, and and these are raw cards too. That's the other nice thing, like great pictures, um, graded too. But I, I'm more interested in raw and like trying to grade myself just to kind of learn how it all works. Right. And and actually, you know, that's a that's a interesting vintage situation. So. If you go to card shows or card shops and what I have found is there are different, different kinds of collectors uh, with vintage, especially, and some, not all don't agree with grading whatsoever. And so if you can find one of those folks that doesn't grade, I'm sure they've had cards bought from them at to be graded but there's dealers out there that don't grade a lick. And I think that's a huge card show opportunity. If you can find them at your local card show where it's like, all right, pick up a, a nice vintage mantle or whoever you're, you know, Al K line. There, there's so many out Frank Robinson. There's so many great players out there that I think there's a, I'm a spoiled baseball guy, but, Man, does it make me excited seeing some of these guys and getting to hold their cards for the first time and experience that. That modern modern doesn't bring me that same something, the same magic. So I think that's a cool little opportunity out there is to go find a non-grading vintage collector that is, you know, parting with cards at at affordable prices. That's the other thing, like pricing those things too, and the 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 condition of them. I mean, that, that's a whole different ball game. Pardon the pun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, I mean, I, like I said, when I used to go to shows, there was a guy that strictly vintage and didn't grade anything, but he had like, he had everything. Like he had showcases that were just stacks on stacks. And uh, it's, definitely something you know i gotta go next time there's one actually around go and and check out his stuff now that i'm more interested in that but it is it's tough um with the raw stuff 
like you said, to, to, to get an idea of value without it being graded? Like, how do you, how do you grade that stuff with, with the corners the way they are? Like that older yeah. stuff, you know what I mean? Like, how do you differentiate a four to a five without it being actually graded a four or five? You know what I mean? It's, and there's, you know, there's a big difference. Di- yeah, value-wise, huge differences five, you know on some of those. Yeah. Yeah. So that's tough. And the thing that worries me about uh, vintage in general is just, you know, trimming and, and stuff like that. Like, I just yeah. don't want, for the most part, even even attempt to to buy raw and unless, you know, in a, in a case where you know the dealer knows what he's doing and not mm-hmm. buying trim stuff. Because some of those guys are, are better judges at vintage than than the graders at the companies. You know what I mean? Like, they know stuff just by looking at it. Yep. So, as long as they've been in the game, you know, for his, you know, since the 60s, 70s, like some of these guys have been, I trust that more than than, than most, especially like, you know, uh, stuff on PSA and even SGC has stuff that's gone through graded that's been confirmed to be trimmed. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, but talk it, about great yeah. stories too. Like, I don't know, they – I love just asking for the like, oh, let me see the Nolan Ryan pile. Oh, Nolan Ryan, you know, and like they'll tell you a story about the the 76 that, you know, and how they got that. And I find that much more uh, redeeming, I guess, than the uh, the quick flipping of the modern, some of the modern basketball. But it, it's so transactional in that sense that I don't know. That, that That's not as alluring to me. If I'm going to go spend some time at a card show, I'm going to go have some some good conversations, talk a lot of stories with these guys. And uh, there, there's a couple of guys up here at this Minnesota show that like, they'll just talk, man, just go. And it's like, I'm glad to be here. Like you said, they've been collecting for 60 plus years and they've seen it all, had every card in their hands at some point in time. And it, it's just a, it's a blessing to be able to just talk with those guys and, and hear from them and, you know, hope to, hope to be that someday i guess <laughs> i think that's it <laughs> i want to be that guy <laughs> i wonder like i wonder how much of it is because we were around as kids that stuff was big like i wonder i can't imagine like guys kids whatever you must have inner like early 30s late 20s stuff like that are they really into the 80s or is it just like us yeah i mean like is it yeah the younger crowd is also getting like you see the the market is shifting towards the older stuff are they also into it or do they like draw the line at like kobe Bryant is the big guy right now is that is that where they're drawing the line i think similar to folks maybe that made money on bitcoin then they went into ethereum now they're in the NFTs, crypto in general. I think the same thing in cards is going to occur where it's going to crawl back further and further. And I'll, I'll further that by saying I think there's um, maybe folks that have large collections and have had those things for many years, like letting go of that too at this point and transitioning right. their collection. Like, I don't want to say pay it forward, but like moving, handing off the baton too. So, I think there's a natural progression there that's going to occur and like play out over the next few years where we're going to see, I guess 
I've been looking at these vintage groups and I will say some of the biggest comments and like, you know, questions out there are guys considering cashing out of their entire vintage collection and because the prices on things right now, never realizing it. Like, is this the time to let it go? They're kind of pissed at the modern market, not just modern cards, but like the, what, what it's become right now. That's just not what they're interested in doing and they have to compete in a different way. And so that they're, they're like, well, do we cash out? Do we just let go of all these things? I, I think that's going to be happening. I think folks are, it's, it's just a different, it's a totally different game and learning, having to relearn it and like learn all the new facets of it over the last year, I think is, I can see where that's really hard for some folks to adapt. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I hear it all the time. Uh, you know, I, I deal with collectors of all kinds, like new, old, all that. Uh, and a lot of guys that have been, you know, collecting like me since the 80s that never left are just over it, a lot of it. Yeah. A lot of the people are, are just, you know, they don't, like where I shifted focus mm-hmm. uh, with everything increasing, they didn't want to do that and the stuff that they collect has gotten to the point that they're priced out and that's something i talked to a few months ago with my lcs owner um it's stuff it's you know these customers because he's been around since you know the late 90s i've been buying from him and he's had you know plenty of regular customers since then too and you know some of them are coming to him and saying that they're just they're over everything. They, they, they're ready to, to just sell everything and, and be done with it. And it's almost like a concern to an extent. Like, what happens if the market changes to the point that it drives away the old collectors and then the new collectors get bored with it after a while? Yeah. Who's around at that point to, to keep it going? Yeah, you know I mean, especially like nowadays with, I don't, I don't know. There's kids that collect, but I, I don't think it's anywhere near like it was when we were kids. You know what I mean? Like all kids yeah. cards and now kids can't even really get cards to collect. So I, it, it's like I said, it's not like I don't know. It's a somewhat of a worry, but it's not like a, a, I don't think cards are going anywhere ever. You know what I mean? Like it, there's still going to be somebody around to, to keep that going. Yeah. But it's definitely like the, the older collectors are getting to the point that there's frustration and, and time to move on from, from that collection. Or just seeing the prices and, and knowing that maybe they can sell now and buy. Yeah. I mean, that's, so. that's, I think, more than anything where they're like, they never expected the prices to be what they are. So they're wreaking, you know, a lot of collectors now turning into sellers where they, right. they they didn't plan to sell, but they had like no choice but to do so because it's just so uncanny. Um, that's, that's really interesting. That's uh, vintage I, baseball. I see that just been looking over at the prices and everything. I'm like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Like mantle for sure is insanity. You know, in a lot of cases, I, I shouldn't say insanity, but like as compared to other, players from that era 
mantle we talked about it 4x what maze will be from the same set same grade even worse for somebody like ted williams you know and um i shouldn't say worse but like a higher multiple to get from a ted to a to a mickey mantle of the same grade same same set that that's really um I don't know. I think that's those are interesting dynamics that'll play out over the course of time. Baseball has got to do a better job of like bringing that stuff back up too. I found uh, like the old school home run derby on YouTube the other day. Like yes, like yes. the sixth one. Yeah, like, like yeah, yeah. Maze versus Mantle. Oh yeah, yeah. Those oh. are the best. Yeah, so I good. I used to be on TV in like the sixties, like the. <laughs> not sports related at all, but like the roast of uh, Dean Martin. You ever watch like any of the Dean Martin show stuff? Like, no. Just a crazy time in the 60s, 50s, 60s, that, that era was. It's, that's a great, great entertainment. The, just the way that people act. Like everybody's smoking cigarettes and drinking booze. And... <laughs> crazy. It's like <laughs> Mad Men, but, yeah, but exactly. real life. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, with with Willie Mays, I wonder how much of it has to do with where his values are. I just don't understand the forex. Like I get, you know, Mantle has more because he's a Yankee and he's always been that guy for baseball. But even with all that said, like the forex doesn't make sense. I wonder how much of that has to do with the fact that he's still alive. Like what's going to happen, you know, when he passes away? Like are his prices going to jump like Kobe Bryant? I mean, like. I'm not saying that that's going to happen, but like I could see getting to a point that they're only two X, that Mandel's only two X maze. That seems more yeah. fitting. That's just, kind of what I'm, that's what I'm thinking as somebody that is um, newer to vintage collecting to this extent. I mean, I have some vintage. I've always had some, um, but definitely in this case, I, I didn't know any Willie Mays. I, I think that's a, absolute reality um I, I think there's just a host of other players out there too though that <laughs> the list is so long honestly i mean there's there's guys out there going back to ty cobb like why is a ty cobb worth so much less than a honus wagner well that population but yeah i don't know there's a lot like I don't even I don't I don't know enough nearly anything about the two T two oh six set to to yeah make but there's some that are just so much more rare. Like the Piedmont back might be more rare than the old mill back or I don't know exactly which one is the rare one, but you know, I mean they're the polar bear and the, there's so many different yeah. ones that you know, <laughs> some are, are just rarer than others and that has a lot to do with the value. But there's so much stuff there might be like untapped really old stuff, like that Ty Cobb stuff, the way that people are drawing interest to the, the rare stuff. Like, uh, I don't know. Can't think of a, a good example, but like you see the Nike Jordan, for example, mm -hmm. has gone up exponentially as of late. I mean, nobody cared yeah. about that part because it wasn't like really a card. 52 like, Burke Ross. Great example of that. What's that? Uh, 1952 Burke Ross. Right. It's a right, right, B, right. Uh, that's a 
set that's been undervalued. There's stuff that, because there wasn't a lot of cards from that 1909 to, what, 1930s? Mm-hmm. 20 years of, of non-existent. So there's, you know, cutouts from a magazine might be, anything that's PSA graded, basically, of those guys, I think there could be significant, significant room for growth. Like Babe Ruth doesn't have a lot of cards, but he's got, you know, other random obscurities, like, a, I don't know, something cut out of the side of a milk cart or whatever it is. Hand cuts. That's the world of vintage. I find myself rooting for like, come on, baby, let's get a PSA three out of this thing. <laughs> I, I suppose I just, at the end of the day, I just crave novelty and cards plays right into right. that. Right. I'll be in, in another month. I'll be like, Oh, Back to back to '90s basketball inserts, and <laughs> it all goes in cycles. That's the beauty of cars; it's endless novelty, right? That I mean, truly, I think that's the thing that like draws me back to the uh, card collecting in in general. Just endless novelty stories, sharing joy. Yeah, I mean, I've been here what 30 years now and there's still so much that i learn on a daily basis like the, all that non-sports stuff that i just yeah. found like, i never knew it existed like i could i could do this kind of looking around for i don't even know how long and i still won't find everything that's out there you know what i mean but it's, it's definitely fun to learn for me at least find all that new stuff absolutely and I'm, I'm glad we're here sharing uh, lessons, stories, learnings with other folks too. But another fantastic conversation uh, here at the CardCast with you though, Dan. And like, we'll keep doing this and uh, sharing knowledge, sharing, sharing stories, some market insights. We can, we can cover all the bases on the CardCast. The brain may have ran out of juice for the night, but that doesn't mean we won't be back next week. Please subscribe, follow, tell a friend. We love having you here. We're super grateful just to be here talking about cards. How blessed are we? We love you guys. Come hang out with us again at the Cardcast next week. Check us out on Twitter at Serbia Sports Cards and the Card Table. You know it. Peace.